This is Splice. Good morning, Richard. Morning, Alan. Always oh, so formal. <laughs> I've started the recording, just so I don't forget. It's how I roll. Darsh. Hey, Darsh. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hey. Good morning. Hey, hey. Oh, good to have you. Thanks for having me. I feel like this was long overdue. Way overdue. It's good to actually hear your voice and not like. Yeah, and, and not see us. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, it's still not face to face, but it's just a little bit closer, I think. We've got the faces for text and, and audio. Right. <laughs> um, Alan and I. But Janie, the Octia is here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Did you want to miss this? Awesome. So nice to hear Darsh. I know. It's nice to I hear know. you too. Welcome to Splice Lo-Fi, everybody. It's September 3, 2021. Really? Already September? This is our weekly live audio check-in with the Splice community to see what everybody's up to. And this is the 20th time we're doing this Splice Lo-Fi podcast audio live chat thing. We're going to be recording this and putting this out later as a podcast. Uh, speak openly. We want lots of conversation, obviously. But if you want to be taken off the record, please let us know separately and we'll edit you out in post. Otherwise, this thing is going to go out on the internet uh, as it is after this recording. Put yourself on mute if you're not speaking. Remember to unmute when you do speak because that's something we do all the time. In fact, I'm worried I'm on mute right this minute. Remember, this is a conversation. We want to hear your questions. Jump in whenever. Uh, type your questions into the Telegram chat, and we'd be happy to represent you or whatever you like. Um, if you can't stick around for the whole 30 minutes, uh, look this up in your favorite podcast app, and we will probably be right there. And today we're talking with our old friend, Dashini Kandasami, better known as Dash. Dash is the editor of Trident Media, which puts out the very popular Between the Lines newsletter. Uh, and apart from being a journalist, you're also a serious chef. You're an artist and you write about food, which is exactly why Richard wants to get this moving right now, because okay. it is coming up lunchtime in Singapore, at least. Uh, but let's talk, let, let, let's talk about Between the Lines, your, your incredible newsletter. And for those who have not seen it, uh, check it out at betweenthelines.my. This is a must read for anyone who's trying to follow the, uh, the ups and downs of Malaysian politics. It's also a paid newsletter, uh, which also helps you understand that this is something that people want. Uh, and people are willing to pay for it. It's roughly about 10 ringgit a month, roughly yes. $2.40 US. Uh, it must have been a busy year, huh? Given everything that's going on with uh, Malaysian politics, Dash. Hi, good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, it's, it's, wow, it's been a nonstop uh, flurry of news when it comes to our government situation, which is always at risk of collapse, it would seem, over the past two years. Um, especially over the past year. So good news for Between the Lines. Of course, there's a daily newsletter that sums up the news. It's, it's business for us. It's made us more necessary than ever. But yeah, it's just, just scaling the sheer amount of, of stuff that's coming out of you know, our parliament, our lack of parliament, our politicians, social media, the news sites. It's, it's, yeah, it's been a crazy ride. Yeah, tell tell us a little bit more about that because you know, with with this increased uh, interest in what's going on, how does how is that translated for for your readers? Um, 
have they have they changed? Are there more that's coming in? Are they looking for different types of information? What what have you noticed? We've definitely been getting more interest. That's that's for sure. And I think it's it's um, twofold. Like one, with as we grow, we are becoming um, people are more aware of us. We're appearing in more feeds. But at the same time, I think there's just this this need for some sort of context this way to navigate all the news that's coming out it's just the sheer amount of fluff and credible information and disinformation and all of that that's been coming out with news portals that's also competing with social media with bloggers with platforms such as facebook um you know I, the average malaysian the average person I mean not everyone is a news junkie you don't have time to scroll your websites refresh your page every day so there really is this need we would say for at least one source of information where you can get everything where you can sort of understand and, and know what's going on without feeling so lost and left behind and and with in the malaysian context especially with you know the rumor of elections always around the corner and with the possibility of the voting age being reduced to 18, um, people just really need to know what's going on or get ahead of this thing and not feel so lost, I guess. You know, you you characterized uh, your audience as needing info and context. Mm -hmm. um, tell us more about this audience. Like, what is that the problem they want you to solve for them? Uh, they're looking for a source of news that they can depend on, but are they also looking for, apart from context, also an opinion? Do you find people are looking for that or is that controversial? Um, it's controversial, but that's the reality. That's how I would put it. I think everyone mm -hmm. wants their opinion affirmed in some way. Um, I mean, I do a lot of work um, advocating media literacy. And one of the things we always talk about is that the reality is everyone has a bias, everyone has a very strong opinion. So to a certain extent, yes, a lot of people who do follow us, um, we get a lot of support when we say the right things, um, you know, and we also get a lot of, of pushback when it's an opinion that's not very popular. Um, at the same time, what we do or what we claim to do is that we, we whack everybody, right? We we don't subscribe to any particular um, government of the day. If we feel the opposition's done something wrong, we are not. And if you know the language that we use in between the lines, which can be very colorful at times, um, we will whack them anyway. We feel the government of the day needs a little kick in their behind. We do that as well. So um, I think people like that. Yeah, You're an and, uh, equal, equal opportunity uh, whacker. Yes, equal opportunity whacker. That's the best way of putting it. It's uh, it's funny because you know your your view on politics is not between the lines at all. You know, you guys actually come out and say it and highly opinionated, and I think it's it's great. Uh, I I absolutely love the 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 rigor in which you uh, as you say you whack them. <laughs> yeah, I suspect um, there's a certain level of you know venting of frustrations that goes in a little bit. Yeah, well, exactly. So. So how do you talk, talk to us about, about workflow? How do you think through what you want to whack uh, on a daily basis? And, and how do you work with your writers on it? Uh, I imagine you also do uh, quite a bit of writing on your own. Yep. 
so we have a very small team. There's just five of us. We have uh, just a few writers, but um, they're all really experienced. I mean, between us is about a few decades worth of journalism experience at least. So what we do and the benefit of what we do that is different from a regular news portal is we don't report the breaking news. We don't report the day-to-day. -day and we, we give a lot of credit and we can't do what we do if it wasn't for the work of credible news reporters who go out and they get the news. So what we do is we take this report, we sum it up and we present the, basically the, the bottom line or the TLDR, as we say, to everyone. So we have the luxury of every day stepping back, reading the news, monitoring Twitter feeds and social media and just seeing things as it unfolds and then get the whole picture. Where, so we're not consumed by, oh, deadlines, and we have to get this story out, and we need to beat this portal, we need to be the first. So by doing that, we allow ourselves this time to sort of digest what is going down, to really see what everyone is saying, to see how the chess um, pieces are being moved, so to speak. And at the end of the day, we will have a discussion with the whole team and we will say, okay, what are the top news? Um, what do you think is the most important? And we have a debate among ourselves. So that's the great thing. We sort of also get a sense of what everyone is saying because we monitor what people are saying online. We check what each of our writers and ourselves, what we think, and we play off that opinion. And that's how we sort of gauge what are the questions that are being asked? What are the things that are not being answered? And if we feel that there's a real gap in the news or this sort of information that's wanted, then we will go and look for it. We'll find international reports or analytical reports or studies. And that's how we basically plan it out at night. Our writers will wake up, say, about midnight, just to, you know, from midnight to about six o'clock to see if there's any more information that's coming out. And then they churn out the report and I will come in and I will edit and give it a one round and we have another person that comes in to give it a second eye just to see that everything is okay and nothing controversial or um, wrong has been put up. Wow, that's amazing. That is some editorial uh, rigor around around your workflow. That's um, You know, I was just thinking about what you said around TLDR. Mm -hmm. uh, that's actually a way TLDR is a way better business model for the news uh, than we actually realize so often, right? And I was and I was wondering if you guys are planning to take this to other products and formats. We have been thinking of it. I mean, um, my my interest has always been to one day start a podcast, you know, a la lo-fi. But um, it's we we do want to expand the brand definitely we feel that this sort of format the the tldr or to sum it all up easy read kind of format works in other platforms as well but um because we're still relatively a small team i think we feel that we want to solidify what between the lines newsletter is first before we move on i mean the trends are also always changing so we don't want to be caught um you know, with our pants down, I guess, the best way of saying it, with starting something and then seeing it just dissipate in interest. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I like that you're you're thinking a little bit about audio because you know for for us, uh, Richard and I have been experimenting with audio all this all this year, uh, just to un just to understand how it works, just to understand the workflow involved and all that. 
um, I would really encourage it. I mean, if if you guys want to give it a go, just just do it and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, it's okay to pull it down. You know, uh, no one's going to hold you to to it, uh, especially because they're you know they're probably not paying for it outright. Um, yeah. It yeah. is definitely worth worth a shot because it might give you a new audience that you never that you never had. Oh yeah, I mean, um, uh, totally. That's actually one of our big learnings as we grow. Is um, it's it's okay to try. We love trying new things. Um, the challenge is always not to get so um, into something that you're doing to the point that you cannot see when it's time to let go. So that's a lesson that we are we are learning as we grow. So definitely, audio podcast is something that we would we are hoping that we can get started. Who knows? Um, hopefully soon. Yeah, and uh, Karen Vera's giving you a big, you know, give it a go. She says <laughs> on the on the chat. <laughs> so there. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about about pricing? Because we have you know several media startups in this community who often wonder about how to think about pricing. You know, a, a paid product like this. Um, you know, like we said in the intro, it roughly works out to two dollars forty cents US uh, a month. Um, how how does how did you arrive at that number? And do you think that that's uh, that's a good level to start at? So um, yes, you're right. We're, we're ten ringgit a month, and we're also a hundred ringgit a year. That's something we just started a couple of months back. Um, so the best advice or our thought process on this was: who exactly are we targeting, and what is the aim behind what we're doing. So when we started between the lines, it was never, we, of course, we wanted a viable business option. We wanted a company that can sustain itself and run. But at the same time, it was always meant to be a service. Uh, we've all, Our whole team comes from very deep journalism backgrounds. And there was this understanding that there really is a need to change the way the media landscape works, this need to chase this 24-hour you know, news monster that needed to be fed, um, as I said, to take a step back and really look at the news in an entire context. So we really wanted to do this as a service as well. And if we were to price it too high, um, it was just going to be yet another premium product for the urban elite. Um, and we were going to cut out a large swath of the average Malaysians, uh, regular people like us who who needed this this service as well. So it was a risk. So when we took into account the pricing, we understood the risk that being too cheap might um, turn off some people, especially um, you look at the Malaysian context where paying for news isn't um, a habit, isn't seen as, as a norm. It's only something that's now picking up. But we felt that, that that really helped us. If we were to, if you were to price your product too high, um, you have to know or be very aware from the offset that you're only going to cater to a very specific client. In a way, it would be a niche and you really can't claim to, to speak for everyone or cater to the average Malaysian in that sense. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. Uh, when so when when you think about about pricing, you obviously have to think about your competitor, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Who do you consider to be a, con a competitor in your space? So it's an interesting it's an interesting question because um, we we have competitors and we don't in the sense that they are newsletters are really picking up. So you have newsletters, for example local Malaysia Kini morning news brief that started recently. We have the Malaysianist, we have Coffee Break. 
Um, at the same time, we have a lot of international news medias that cater to Asian news. But ours is one of the few that is a paid newsletter. So a lot of the newsletters that come, for example, um, with a news portal, it's, that's the supplementary product. So these are our main news as a free way to help you keep up. This is our free newsletter. Um, so what, how we do ours differently is that our newsletter is the premium product. So we put all our attention and our focus in giving you full context in our newsletter. Um, but at the same time, it, it is a growing market, this newsletter business. So there are a lot of them that are coming up right now. So we would definitely, more than anything, compete with the local news portals, although we try to work with them in what we do. Absolutely. Alan and I, in fact, often in our presentations and workshops, we put in the fact that, you know, we're not just competing with with uh, like formats and content. We're, we're competing with people like Netflix and WhatsApp and, mm -hmm. you know, Facebook. Um, but, you know, tell uh, you spent a few years at Malaysia Kini yourself. Uh, and um, we'd—I'd love to know, um, you know, what you learned uh, there about, say, subscriptions or willingness to pay, or formats. So Malaysia Kini is one of the very successful stories, success stories when it comes to a paid subscription model, a paywall mm -hmm. for news. But a lot of what drives, and that's one of the big things I learned when I was there, is that building this community, building this sense of who you are and, and what you're fighting for has really helped Malaysia Kini, where so many other news portals in the country or region has been suffering. So if you looked at the recent case where Malaysia Kini was set, charged, fined a half a million ringgit for contempt over what their commenters left on the website, not even a news story that they did, um, and just within four hours, they were able to raise 700,000 ringgit. That to me, that explains why the Kini model works so well because they, over the years, the service that they provide, which was at the time, there were no other portals that was able to give sort of the opposition or a non-government um, chained coverage of the news, um, has really helped cement this. It's not just a news portal. Malaysia Kini was really this, it stood for freedom of information and a lot of things in the minds of the people. So people just rallied to its cause. And that's one of the reasons why they are so willing to pay for Malaysia Kini, where maybe they're not for other news portals. Now you see with, with more and more consumers coming out, the idea of a paid news subscription is is flourishing. It's an, it's an idea that you need to pay for quality journalism, but it's going to take a while for the other news portals, in my opinion, to catch up. So, and, and we see that when in what we do. So the, the community that we've built around between the lines um, we love them to bits. They are very, very kind. They're very loyal and they're very um, wonderful to us. And it's you want to build that kind of community where subscription where um, they're not just going, you're not just a product. It's something that they believe in and they rely on. And even the smallest problems in any subscription based business is going to have, whether it's tech problems or internet problems or business model issues or changing trends, they're not going to abandon you so easily yeah, and speaking of community it's time to bring in some mm -hmm. questions i yeah. know karen vera is always waiting to go karen go for it <laughs> hello darsh hi karen 
you're finally here at so um here's my question so mm -hmm. i know you this you know malaysia politics is ever active ever keeping you busy and you know you have a very rigorous uh push to put out the newsletter so the question is um you know because there's such a large volume of work was maybe you can share with us any uh, a time when you felt wow this particular edition or episode was really fulfilling satisfying effective you know you felt was it a very successful push of the newsletter yeah certainly i mean um it's happened a lot recently <laughs> when our already busy news they just doubled and tripled but um where i i was very proud was things when you know our government collapsed or whenever a new budget is announced what we do is we were very proud of the way that we're able to sum up everything that's gone on and and how we choose to deliver the newsletter it's not your typical like oh here are the top three news so when the government collapsed for example when the whole selection of the new prime minister was going on we were able to give a summary like okay you're catching up after a whole week of you know malaysia's new government this is what went down these are the things you need to know who's new who's left out what it means for for malaysia going forward and and those kind of um, issues are really great because that's exactly what we aim to do which is to cut through all the fluff cut through all the tedious readings and the unimportant news and the unnecessary mudslinging, although we do have quite a fair bit of our own. Um, so when you read, like it's, it's, it's a five to 10 minute read and at least you get to start your day on a much surer footing of where you are in the scheme of things. And, and yeah. By, by the same token, was there a time where you, you saw like, wait, I think this is the kind of, step we need to was we felt was not as relevant or valuable to your audience i mean yeah we we are our own harshest critics at the end of the day and um we don't always agree. sometimes um we feel that in the interest of brevity and i'm especially the the you know the one who cracks the whip when it comes to word count because we have to always balance keeping it sharp and fast and keeping it within that eight to 10 minute read and, and giving everything. And there's always going to be a time where I feel that we may have sacrificed too much context just to keep it short. And that's always this, this argument that we have with each other is how, how much information do we put in, how much context is necessary or how much is too much. Um, so there's, yeah, there's always going to be days where, especially big days, like what's been going on when we changed the government, for example, um, how much, analysis do we want to put about the new stroke old ministers or how much do we want to leave out and let the readers because we always link back to our source material we always uh, amplify credible news source and we always push it back to this you need to need this report so how much do we leave to people to read on their own and how much do we feel they need to know yeah word count as karen is saying is that old friend and for yes, uh, yes. Yeah, when I'm editing our newsletters, I'm I'm cutting, cutting. Luckily, we we both, you know, I tend to I tend to ramble. Uh, Alan tends to keep it brief, so it, it makes things pretty simple. Uh, who has more questions for Darsh? Uh, and if you don't have a question, I have one. <laughs> 
Anybody else? Going, going. I have, yeah, I have a question. This is Janie. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've given this feedback to um to the team, but as a non-Malaysian, um, the newsletter really gives me sort of like a perspective of what's happening there. Um, and I always wish that this exists for other Southeast Southeast Asian countries. Um, so my question for Darsh is: Are you thinking of expanding or partnering with local journalists um, in nearby countries to to do a version of this? Um, as of now, no. Um, I think that's just uh, a bit too large a scope for the near future. I haven't said we haven't. I won't say we haven't thought about it um, going moving forward, but definitely not anytime soon because, uh, yeah, just just getting our heads wrapped around Malaysian news and the little bit of international that we do, it's a full-time job for us right now. And to, to do that and to do the level of justice that it deserves to have a similar newsletter in other countries, other Southeast Asian countries, you really need to be aware of what the news or the culture in that country is. And we don't want to repeat the mistakes of so many newsrooms where we just parachute in and just hire journalists that we think is right and just sends all the wrong message. Yeah, it would be also quite interesting to see what you have to say about Singapore and Singapore politics. It might be quite brief. Uh, <laughs> it's probably not very lucrative either. <laughs> yeah. um, you probably have more to say about the food with less fear, I think. That's right. And, and there's plenty to say about the food. <laughs> but hey, um, you know, I, I, to, to kind of echo what, what Janie is saying here, and, and this, is, this is a feedback that, I, that I've given you previously as well, right? Mm -hmm. I would love to, to see a version of, of BTL that's written for an international audience. Um, I have a hard time reading your newsletters just because it's so deep and it's so, you know, it's all, it's all local politics, right? It's a, yeah. and, and I would love to, to have something dumbed down for, for a Singaporean living next door. Yeah, we, we do get that and we, we hear you. In fact, um, like a year or so ago, we started realizing that there were more, our newsletter wasn't just catering to Malaysians. There were a lot of like, expats or people like yourselves from around the region who wanted to know what was going on or people in the, the you know, High Commission, for example. So we actually have started to remove a lot of the inside, very inside baseball references um that we use or we try not to use a lot of manglish malaysian english we do try to um put translations if it's there so that's that's something that we're always trying to straddle the line um and, and we don't want to run the risk of becoming too i guess straightforward or non-malaysian because that's also some of the inside jokes is is what creates that community that feel and eventually a lot of people start understanding but yeah yeah we totally understand where where you're coming from and that's a ongoing process of revision that we do how much um local references do we want to make versus making it a bit more approachable for non-malaysians absolutely um all right just uh, checking the clock here with 33 minutes past. So we're going to wrap this one up so that everyone gets on with their Fridays. Thank you so much, Dash. This has always been, it's, it's great to, to have you on finally. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you were able to move things around for us. It's great to be on this <laughs> end of the splice and not just listening. So it's fantastic for me. 
Thank you, Dash. We we you know I I did want to talk to you uh, about food. Um, you know, and but we don't need a public forum for that. You know, you, you do this kitchen matrimony thing, you all of that stuff. Um, but one day, uh, you know, uh, we always have this this going. Uh, so thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on Splice Lo-Fi. If you missed this live, as always, this is a, an episode in your favorite podcast app or just look on splicemedia.com. Please subscribe to Between the Lines. It's between the lines dot my yes and uh pay for it because you should be paying for good news and good content and good context uh subscribe to the podcast let us know also who you'd like to hear on splice lo-fi we're always open to suggestions uh we want to catch more uh amazing people doing good stuff in asia we'll get you next friday 11 a.m singapore time see you all thanks, thanks for coming everyone Thank you, everybody. Thanks. This is Splice. Yeah, I really, I really did want to talk about food, but I love that Karen is saying food is the real Malaysian controversy, controversial oh topic. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That that is not going to be half an hour is just not enough for that, Richard. That's that's an entire I, weekend. <laughs>